Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there and welcome to Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast talking about all things Yeovil Town. I'm Stephen Dalbiak and I'm joined today by Mike... Taylor, how are you, Mike? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm, I'm very well, Mike. Um, those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast will no doubt have noticed already that um, I'm not Liam Trim, our usual presenter, and um, the truth is we don't really know what's happened to Liam. He went out with one of our colleagues to Gillingham where there were suspected um, traces of the nerve agent found um, in that incident in Salisbury last week, and he hasn't been seen since, so um, we don't know what's I, happened to I, him, I do we? I haven't actually heard anything from him since about five o'clock yesterday. Yes. So, so he must be... He must be in a serious, serious state, and I hope for thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't know what's happened to him. So you know, this is why we're going ahead without him this week. If anyone does know where he is or has seen him, then answers on a postcard to us, please. But um, moving on to um, today's episode, and uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about this week because Yeovil we have played two games since our last episode. They um, unfortunately went down two 0 at home to Newport on Saturday, but they bounced back pretty well with a very um, creditable goalless draw away at Exeter City on Tuesday night in. Um, of a sold-out Yeovil Town away allocation as well, which was great to see. Um, so we're going to start with that, Mike. Um, a nil-nil draw away from home and a team going for the playoffs and very serious contenders for promotion this year. I guess when when you go there and you get a nil-nil draw, it can only ever be looked upon as a good result. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, obviously Exeter go for the playoffs, um, and I've marked this game as you know a draw would be better than nothing really as a lot of other games, but um, I think Yogurtown played really well, they defended really well, uh, Sheila Nelson came in for his debut, played really, really well, and um, it was a quite solid performance, really. Um, you know, there was a mild scare at 90 minutes, you know, when they lost the ball on the edge of the area, I thought, oh goodness, you know, this this is going to be a late winner for Exeter, but they somehow got away with it, and uh, but it was a very resilient performance. I'm very satisfied with um, your performance. And, uh, I, well, I don't know. Well, what would you say, Steve? Well, this is it. I was at the game and um, I think what, what really impressed me was the fact Yeovil have gone away to these sorts of teams in the league this season and they really have struggled. They've been you know, taken apart quite early and broken down. They've conceded early on and then they've always found it an uphill battle to get back into the game. I mean, the, you know, there are numerous games this season away from home where, you know, you could say, call them horror shows, really. Mm. Luton, Stevenage, Carlisle, but what they did on um, on Tuesday is they got the basics right. They defended well. They set up well. Yeah. They you know they were very resilient, very steady at the back, and it enabled them you know to even though I would say Exeter had the better of the play, they definitely enjoyed more possession. They created mm-hmm. the best two chances on the night. Oh, yeah. I think um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But what Yeovil did was they they made it very difficult to break down. Exeter didn't really have too many clear cut opportunities. Stuart Nelson, like you said, he came in for his debut and he only really had one or two, you know, big saves to make. The others were were chances that Exeter themselves wasted. And um, there was a sense, certainly in the second half, when Riz Brown came on, and I thought he was very impressive when he came on on Saturday. He um, he he made a really good impact. You know, he was lively. He was running at the Exeter defence, and he caused a few good problems for them. And um, on another day, you know, a couple of the chances he overcreated may have gone the other way. So um, yeah. I think when you go away to a team that are in the position that Exeter are, I think if you get a point, you're always happy. And if you get it in the manner that Yeovil did, you know, 
where they didn't really look too phased for a lot of the game. I'd actually say, in, in fact, that the, the error of the game that caused the most problems was actually the first five minutes because actually yeah, did start okay. well. And they had two or three really good chances early on. And uh, so you, you were beginning to worry, you know, this could be a bit of a long night for Yeovil, but um, they, they stuck in there really well and, um, you yeah, know, they fully deserved that point. And... Um, I, I, and I think, you know, defensively, we, we know the problems over have had away from home this oh, year. Yeah. And um, so it really is pleasing to see that they really did improve well. Yeah, exactly. With um, the fact that Stuart Nelson's coming, obviously, the guy, um, what, 36, 37? He's 36 years Back old, yeah. First, round as well. Yep, first, um, first game since um, signing um, last month as a free agent. He was, of course, at Gillingham for many years, their number one goalkeeper for many years. Left him in January in the search for more first team football. And, um, yeah, he had to wait a few weeks, but um, but I think it was a good move by Darren Way to um, to include him on um, Tuesday, to be honest with you. I do have a little bit of sympathy for Johnny Madison because Madison was obviously the keeper who came in after Arthur Kriziak suffered his um, knee injury. And he's done pretty, he's not done an awful lot wrong. He had a really good game against Barnet, which was instrumental in the overwinning that game. But mm. I think if you have to look at the defence as a whole... They had, against Newport on Saturday, they had Madison, he's 23 in goal. They had a 21 and a 22-year-old in Tom yeah. James and Omar Swimini at the back. I think a 21-year-old in Corey Whelan at right back yeah. as well. And that you could tell there was really a lack of experience and a lack of leadership at the back. And I think that Nelson coming in, you know, Madison's not done an awful lot wrong, but I just think the experience and, the, um, and just the, the expertise that Nelson oh, has yeah, agree, in yeah. those situations, I think it was the right thing to bring him in and, um, and he repaid them well. Yeah, I, agree. But, I completely agree. And I think that's, um, I think you just need that, you know, a man who's been there, done that and around the Football League, you know, he's 36, played hundreds of games in the Football League. You know, if you've got that, that steady pair of hands between a, a shaky bike line that can give, manager, I think arguably a manager, you know, a, um, bit of room space there, and again, there's there's youngsters behind, um, as well in, in defence. They'll be thinking, okay, well, don't worry, we've got a great guy in goal who can, um, you know, even if it just the, the striker slips past us, we'll be able to be a strong pair of hands. And he, I think he played really well on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and that key save that he did make, I think it was from Matt Jay. Um, oh, correct yes. me if I'm wrong there. It was yeah. early on, it was about the second or third minute of the game, and that was a key save that he made there mm. to, to keep it at 0-0 because it's one of those things we've seen from Yeovil. If they yeah. concede early on, they often find it very difficult to get back into the game, yeah. and you, you do think it would have been a very difficult ask for them to get something out of the game and they'd gone behind yeah. that early. So that was really pleasing. But of course, Mike, it wasn't only... Um, Stuart Nelson, who um, who made his overtime debut on Tuesday, it was uh, Sean Donnellan yes. as well. First game since joining um, from West Brom in January on an 18-month contract. He's um, he's found it a little bit difficult to get into the team. He's had to be patient. He's had to bide his time while mm. other defenders have their chance. But he was given that opportunity at, um, at Exeter. And um, I personally thought he played very well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it was quite, um, you know, he was, he was a very makeshift um, back line. I think that's been... Sort of like the the theme of Yeovil season is that they've always had a very, um, you know, botch and maybe you know, unsettled. Uh, I think back I think I think possibly. those times. I think particularly yeah. in recent weeks with Nathan Smith dropping out through injury, um, yeah. it it has sort of had that feel. I I, I think Yeovil defensively haven't been too bad, but I think there's always been that element yeah. where they've got plenty of good um, defenders in reserve who haven't had the opportunities yeah. because there there is that competition there. I think Bevis mm. Mugabe is another player who potentially can count himself quite unlucky not to have had more football this season because yeah. he's come and done well but then he had a hamstring injury in January which kept him out for some time and he's again he's now in that position where he's having to wait I think mm. 
I think it's a good it's a good thing to be, things mm. to be said about that. How about having the um, strength in depth? But it does, I guess, call, would cause a little bit of frustration among those oh, yeah, players who yeah, are yeah, playing yeah, every yeah. week. But um, yeah. but one thing about Donnellan is he certainly wasn't involved to get involved. Um, so he wasn't scared to get involved in the game, and mm. um, he um, he took quite a nasty bash to his um, face. Um, oh, yeah. sort of course, a bit of a bloody nose. You know, had to go off two or three times for treatment. Yeah. Had a um, had to change his shirt, and um, I, mean, I guess that shows that he wasn't afraid to get stuck in and really um, and really impose himself Welcome on the to game. Town, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we I saw him at the um, pre-match press conference for the um, Colchester game on Saturday. He was in there mm. earlier on, and you could see he's got a couple of uh, black eyes, sort of where where he was in the wars a little bit. But I think that's no bad thing. You know, he coped with mm. Exeter very well, and um, I particularly felt that he worked well with Omar Swimini, who I thought was impressive as well on Tuesday. Mm. You know, he didn't lose a header all game I don't I don't recall him losing one of course Swimley himself though he um he almost um went from hero to villain right at the end there didn't oh, he yes. where um well he, he tried to play from the back didn't he and, I, and, yeah. I, and as a central defender I've always call me old-fashioned but I've always been a case of taking a touch and hip to the wing or just hit in the middle of the pitch but try to play his way out stumbled and panicked and then extra play Bounced on it, and you thought, "Oh God, here we go." That's that was going to be that was the extra chance late on to to uh, score, and that would have been so crushing for your town. Oh, it would have been it would have been horrible. And I was there. I was sat up at the end of the pitch. I was just the other side of where the Oval fans were. And um, I mean, you. Uh, it's one of those where everything sort of goes into slow motion when oh, Jaden yeah. Stockley got that ball, and you were just waiting for that net to bulge because yeah. you thought, "Oh no, no, they've played so well." Yeah, eighty-nine minutes in, you know, they've they've done really well here. They deserve this point. They just need to hang it on, and then it comes there, and you, your heart, my heart mm. was in my mouth. I was, I was just waiting for it to go in, and then yeah. as it went wide, I mean, you, it was just it was more relief really, and then yeah. obviously you heard the Yeovil fans to my left. There, yeah. just you know, obviously, just cheer sarcastically at it, and um, it was a huge that's, let off. Yeah, and I, I think I think what happened, I think, with um, Swimney is he, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds this year. He's probably along with Tom James, he is the overall most improved player of the season, without a shadow mm. of a doubt. Mm. But I think there's a time and a place to be playing the ball out from the back oh, like yeah. that. I think if you do it in the first half, you know, when there's not so much pressure on you, then you can get away with it. And he, he's shown that yeah. he can do that and he can do it very effectively. But I think yeah. there is a time in the game when you get into the last. Five minutes or so, and you're, you know, you're you're at nil nil. You know, a point would be a good result. Sometimes you've just got to hit the ball as far as you can and just yeah. get rid of it. Because if you had lost to a goal like that in the closing stages, it would have been an absolute hammer blow to them. They wouldn't have deserved to go down like that. But mm. it would have been, you know, we, we've. We have been quite critical of Yeovil defensively this season oh, yeah. for giving away silly goals, and that would have just been another one mm. to add to the list of ones that they've conceded in previous games. Yeah. Um... And I was going to say as well, I mean, that, that goal, well, obviously that, not that goal, but that, that chance reminded me of um, was it Tom James's uh, slip-up against United where he... Oh, uh, well, when Tom James gave it to Marcus yeah, Rashford, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he was trying to protect it and then he was then... But then obviously um, it was... Um, was it Rashford, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Rashford had got so onto the ball and he um, pounced on it and, and he scored and I thought it yeah. had echoes, it had echoes but, but uh, thankfully yeah. it wasn't a goal. And, and it's the thing, I think it, it, it is yeah. a learning curve for these defenders because they are still young. They're very good, they're very talented. They they really have improved this season. I mean, Tom James, technically, I can see him certainly playing at a high level in the future. Oh, yeah. Omar Sawumni, I can see going up to a high level as well. Mm. But 
I guess with that inexperience, you know, there is that little bit of naivety sometimes yeah. and there is, you know, there is the odd mistake in there. But yeah, well, certainly yeah. I wouldn't want them to stop playing the way that they do. I wouldn't want them to, you know, stop playing but that it's freedom. Mistakes, really, isn't yeah, because it? yeah. it's those technical, that technical ability they've both got that, that help make them the players that they have been this season. But sometimes you just need to think about sort of mm. when's the best time to do certain things. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, ball playing with um, defenders now have really become a theme of modern football now. Yeah, I think that you know, some like Omar's uh, uh, talents there yeah. is only going to play his future. Just yeah, doing so much. And he, he's a player because of his height as well. You mm. look at some of these. I mean, he's six mm. foot eight. You know, he's enormous. You know, yeah. he's the, he's the, yeah. he's that player where if you if you're a fan of another team and you know you come and play Yeovil and you see their players, he's that one who you automatically just powers, you, yeah. you just notice him straight away because of his height which is there mm. but there's always that perception I think with tall footballers yeah. that they can't they're not as good on the ball or with their feet they make a bit of yeah, yeah. sort of Peter Crouch is a perfect example of that and it's yeah. a bit of a misconception and particularly with Sawumi because he is superb with his mm. feet and there's, he's got that ability in the air he's got that height he's mm. got strength and he's got that he's a really you know good athlete I'd say mm. With that, and I can really see him in in future. You know, he he there was interest in him in January from, you know, from a couple of clubs, and um, I can see more interest in him in the summer. So, yeah, interesting yeah. to see how that pans out. He's of course out of contract, but mm. Yeovil would be um, entitled to compensation for him because he's under the age of twenty four. So, yeah. I think either way, if Yeovil keep him, it would be great. But if not, then they will get a decent amount of money from a tribunal for him. I just want to just finishing up on the Exeter game. Um, and it's a little bit of a rant for me because, oh, you, uh, you know, those of you who follow me on Twitter will have seen that I uh, put this out last night. And this is really aimed at the EFL. If you're going to put out highlights packages, for those people who aren't at the game, I think you, the least you can do is accurately paint a picture of how the game went. Because if you look at a two-minute highlights package that the EFL produced of the game, there were... There was one Yeovil chance, which was a half chance for a moment mm. woman, which is a header. In no way did that reflect Yeovil's best chances of the game. On the other hand, you had at least two or three Exeter chances that were mm. no more than half chances. And I don't disagree. Exeter were the better team in terms of the chances yeah. they produced on the night. But I think if you're going to do that, at least, you know, pick out the best chances from both teams and put them in there. Because Lewis Wing had a really good chance late on. Rhys Brown had a good chance late on. Otis Khan had a shot that you know, forced a save out of Christy Pym, the Exeter goalkeeper in the first half. And it's yeah. a minor thing, but I think... You know, you do see reaction, you know, online after the game and you see a lot of people, you know, oh, yeah. when the highlights go up saying, oh, oh did, did we even create a chance? Did the Oval have a chance? Fact is, yes, they did. Figures weren't shown. And I think that if you're going to do that, you yeah. know, at least be accurate and be fair in how the, yeah. how your teams are portrayed. Because I think if I, if I was somebody who hadn't seen that game and watched the highlights, you'd think, hang on, Exeter completely dominated. They yeah. should have they should have walked it and it wasn't the case. Mm. It's a real shame, really. And I think that's... Um if it's nil nil, show both sides of it. I mean, but don't spin it away and it makes it look like X. Yeah. Like, well, absolutely, whatever you have Because as I've read from your live blog, you have all very much in it. Yeah, I think it, you know yeah. it, was, it was it was quite an even game. I think Exeter were the better team, but Yeovil had their chances. It was uh, you know it was a it was a pretty um pretty good contest. Yeah. Really. Um. But overall, um, I think when you can look back to the Newport game, and that really was one of the poorer performances I think we've seen from Yeovil all season. I think a really good response, don't you think? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it was a good point against a promotion chasing team. Obviously, the the tough running um, you ever got from the final what is it? Uh, uh, well, it was the top nine 
from the final 11 yes. games for, they've got to play the entire top nine and now it's only eight of the top nine because yes. Exeter okay. were of course I, in, yes. I but, believe um, it was fourth place it might be wrong there no it was sixth sorry sixth place there you go um, yeah I was going to say um, um, but I think in this running obviously Yeovil got 10 games to go really and it's obviously the nine points clear of the relegation places so it really is a case of just collect points where you can really so, yeah, I would say in this period, get as many points you can, turn these draws into the no, turn these uh, losses into draws, and uh, hang on to some games because it's going to take some really resilient, uh, you know, uh, performances to uh, stay in the division, really. Um, but really, I mean, I mean, looking on the rele- relegation squad, I mean, we're probably we're going to talk by a stage one anyway. How do you yeah. foresee? Uh, well, we can we can now. we can go on, we can go on uh, we can go on to it now. I think you know it's a good time to talk yeah. about it. Um, I'm going to throw some numbers at you there for those of you who who don't know the table and don't know how everything stacks up at the moment. Just for, um, as a reminder, we're recording this on Thursday, March fifteenth. So the Colchester game is two days away at this point. In, Col- um, in the next game in um, League Two. So um, yeah, for table, Yeovil currently in seventeenth place with ten games to go. They have thirty nine points in thirty six matches. Um, now. They are nine points clear of the bottom yeah. two, and in twenty third place, uh, Barnet on thirty points, but they've played a game more than Yeovil Town, and then bottom uh, Chesterfield also on thirty points, but with a game in hand on Yeovil Town, they only play thirty five games. Mm. So, I think if you look at look at where they are, yeah. I personally would say that for Yeovil to be you know very confident of being safe, they probably need about 46, 47 points. Yeah. I think just to to do it, I can't yeah. see. Both Barnet and Chesterfield. If one of them may go on a run, I can't see both of them going I can't on a run. See them either, they either. haven't. They they haven't shown any signs throughout the season yeah. of going on a run like that. And Newport came from nowhere last year, but I think it's a very it's it's but very unusual. Very yeah, and uh, it's turnaround though. Now I can't see any of that. <clears throat> I haven't seen anything like that from Barnet. Yeah, or Chesterfield. No, and, and the, think, the thing with yeah. Newport last year was they changed their manager around this point. They um, replaced Graham Wesley with Michael Flynn, and it seemed he really galvanised that team and got them going in a way that yeah. you know that no other manager had been able to do. Chesterfield and Barnet, have, of course, they've both changed their managers this season. And Graham Wesley, of course, he wasn't Newport last year; he's now at Barnet. He only replaced. Um, Mark McGee, I think it was in January or early February. Yeah. So they haven't had that new manager bounce that you would expect. And mm. you would think that if Barnett were going to do that, they would already have done that. One thing that Barnett do have in their favour is their running is probably the kindest of all the teams in the bottom half of the table. They've only got to play two of the top nine yeah. in their final, you know, 10 matches or nine yeah. matches. Whereas the overall, of course, have, you know, got to play well, a lot, a lot more. Much them, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and but Chesterfield, of course, they replaced um, their manager. They brought in um, Jack Lester in September, and again they've yeah. they've shown in sort of in patches that they're capable of being a good team. They've got a, had a couple of really good wins. I mean, they beat Luton. Yeah. I think they they beat uh, they've beaten a couple of teams at the top end of the table, mm. but they've not shown any consistency. So I'd be surprised if both of them got to that sort of forty six, forty seven point mark. And then, of course, there are then five other teams between the oval and the bottom two. So then you're you're then it, you're then having to expect that all of those teams are going to have to put decent runs together between now and the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's quite difficult to see how, you know, if, if teams are down by the end of the table, they're down there for a reason. And I, I can't see five teams down by the end of the table all putting t- together yeah. good enough runs to get above that sort of 46 or that point per game marker. Yeah. So I think that's what it will take. 
I think Yeovil's point of view, from Yeovil's point of view, we've got 10 games left. I think just to be absolutely safe, three wins. I think yeah. that's what we no, need to I aim agree for. With that. I agree with that. And I think that is doable because they've got a, you know, a couple of, um, they've got a couple of home games that they'll pinpoint as being really yeah. winnable. Forest Green on Good Friday is one. I think one of the games gets Wickham or Mansfield, you know, at yeah. home at Hewish Park. They've beaten teams in the playoffs at home yeah. this season. And, um, and then, of course, the other home game is against Luton, which will be tough. And um, but they'll be that. I'm sure they'll be really, you know, yeah. keen to do well, given how badly the game at yeah. Kenilworth Road went there. I think it's always <laughs> yes. they'll be they'll be apt to get one over on Luton. I'm sure in that yes. one. And um, the away form hasn't been the best. I mean, we've had problems away from home yeah. all season. But having said that, you know, Colchester aren't on a brilliant run at the moment. Um, you've also got. Um, You've also got some games which you could possibly see, you know, some points yeah. coming from, and you just never know, you know, in this league, it's, uh, you know, anyone can beat anyone on their day. So yeah, of course. But you know what the key stat is from all this? You told me, Mike. Go Mathematically, Yeovertown yeah. cannot win the league now. If they had beaten You've... Exeter, they would have just. If they had won all the rest of their games, they would have been able to <coughs> add a bit, a bit of a shoe, a bit of a chance. Mike, I, I can just collectively, I can collectively <laughs> hear the dreams of. <laughs> About three thousand Yeovil Town fans. But we're only nineteen points right now. away from the playoffs. So if there's a resurgence from Yeovil Town, all the t- teams above them stop. As much as I'd love <laughs> you to be uh, to be right there, Mike, not happening. No. I think Just I think we can there. safely say Yeovil Town will not be reaching the playoffs this year. Uh, which is bad news for those of you who booked for a couple of weeks after the end of the season off in the hope that they could be at a playoff final. But I think. The most number of points they can get is 69. I think last year you needed to get to 75 points. Now, yeah. it's not going to happen. You know, Unfortunate as it is, there are other oh, teams. There's always well, the manager or uh, FIFA to uh, get your, achieve your uh, Town promoting dreams, I guess. Playing, yeah, yeah. I mean, just before we move on from that, though, if you look at the, uh, the running that Yeovil do have, I mean, it is, it is horrendous, though, in terms of the teams. I mean, I don't think it's possible to get a more raw deal from the fixture computer as you got and of course there's yeah. no way of knowing at the start of the yeah. season that these were the teams that were going to be at the top but that's a draw though isn't yeah. it yeah I mean I crunched the numbers the other day that before the Exeter game Yeovil had to play nine of the top nine in their last 11 games mm. the team um, then I think who had to play the most top nine teams at that stage their final few games I think were possibly Grimsby and they only got to play five of them so it really does give a scale as to the task that Yeovil do have a he- do have ahead of them, mm. but at the same time, I think you know you've got to get on with it. You know, everyone has to play everybody throughout the course of the season. It's why Yeovil had to get a comfortable gap to the bottom two, which they got a reasonably comfortable one before um, Tuesday. Now we've got to push on and make sure they end the season on a strong note. Well, there you go. Yes, yeah. uh, I'm all, all fair enough. Fair words, really, and uh, <coughs> I think in Yeovil time of. I think they've just managed to get themselves in a good position, really, and I've just, it's just all about going out results towards the end of the season, getting as high, as high up as they can, and go on from there. Okay, so, Mike, you were telling me before we came in here oh, yes. that um, that you had a little uh, bit of a quiz for me. Yes, um, I do. Is that correct? Yes, well, usually this part of the podcast, we do have a <coughs> quiz. Um, I'll explain while Stephen's trying not to die in the corner of the room. Yeah, apologies um, for any uh, you know unpleasant sound effects you might yeah. be hearing. I've got a bit of a... Uh, I think we're both quite ill in all fairness. I've got a bit of a headache. I've got a bit of migraine going on, but so I'm um, hopefully well, I'm going to go home tonight and just have a nice, 
nice a nice nap, I think, just to shake off my uh, illness. But uh, no, and we usually do a quiz. Liam is the adjudicator, and he sets up these uh, quizzes with Basically, tenuous. He does. Links, he does. Yes. He does these quizzes, which um, we, we, me and Mike both take part in, and I usually win. And um, for this one, Mike goes home dejected. But for this one, I'm the quiz master, and I might hopefully <coughs> pick a very, very uh, uh, tough one. Right, so the name of the game is called Guess the Glover. Now, this one you can join in at home as well. Yeah, exactly. This is a great one as well. I mean, this is something where um, this I'm going to give up some clues about a player who who, have, who may have played for Yotel or may have played against the Glovers. Oh, uh, so that means that pretty much anyone could be featured. It could be Champions League winners, it could be obscure non-league strikers, it could be anyone. Okay. Right. Now, are you ready, Stephen? I am always ready. Right, okay. I've never so, been readier. Go on, take right, it away. So here's the first clue. I was born on the 7th of October in 1973 in Porvo. In where, sorry? Porvo. Porvo. I, may have, I apologise if I, if I pronounced that uh, name wrong. Right. Okay. And is that, is that it or are you going to... No, uh, that's, uh, I, I'm, I just leave a, I leave a space so you can just say, oh, is it... I don't know. Seth Fabregas, but it's definitely not Seth. It's, it's, it? it's, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. He's definitely He's just about going in his thirty. So, uh, next clue. Right. I, Go appe- on. I appeared one hundred and five times in my country, scoring five times. Okay. I've got a got a rough idea. Now I might be completely wrong here, but there was a an international player who spent a year at Yeovil Town back right. in their. Uh, Early football league days. I might right. be completely wrong here, right. but of course it was after Euro two thousand and four, which right. um, they, which his country were at, and he played in that tournament. If you yeah. believe, Yeovil, um, and thanks to the links with Gary Johnson, signed Andreas Stolchers from um, Latvian international. Would that be him? Because I know he's had a hundred. He was very well capped by his country. No, it's not him. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Uh, next, see, next clue. It's nothing quite like a build-up to that, is there? No. Uh, if, if, I was, if I was Chris Tarrant, I'd be counting on that break right now, but we don't have ads on this, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, okay, uh, next clue. I received Finnish Player of the Year or nine times. He's received Finnish Footballer of the Year nine times. Finnish Footballer of the Year. Okay. That makes it a bit easier, I think. Right. Am I allowed to ask you questions? No, you no, 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 So no. it's not a... Yeah. Although in hindsight, maybe I should have switched up these clues a bit better. The thing probably you've got now is you've, you've called us Gessa Glover, and I'm pretty certain this is in the Glover. Why, well, someone who may have played for the Glovers <laughs> may have played against the Glovers. Ah, uh, dear. Is it... I'm just going to think around the... Um, the age here, I think the age is kind of. With that, it, it, I've got a feeling. Could it? Because I'm. I think he was probably around that time. Um, no, pass press your finance, Stephen. Could it be Yari Lipmanen? Am I right on that? No. No. Could right. it be Anthony? Oh, no. One guess a go. Right. One guess a clue. Right. Yes. Uh, right. I have won the FA Cup twice. The League Cup twice. Two Community Shields, a Champions League, a UEFA Cup, and a UEFA Super Cup. You know what? You know what? I've, you know, it, it's really obvious now you said that. 
And I went for the wrong former Liverpool player tonight oh. because, it, of course, he's going to be Sammy Hoopier. It is? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I really should have mixed up. Of course, Woods have played for Liverpool against Yeovil Town. Yes, he played in Yeovil Town. 2 2-0 loss against uh, Liverpool in 2004. Yes, that's yeah. right, right, right it is. I'll read out the rest of the clues. Um, since retiring, I have managed in England for Brighton. Brighton, Bayern. yes. Germany by Leverkusen and Switzerland FC Zurich um, very good uh, ooh, I don't have any other clues other than uh, my former teammate is at the centre of a spitting scandal so well, I think I would have given it away but there you go three guesses for who that could be eh? yes um, well yeah. answers on the postcard but there you go The one of the, it's a one off yeah well it depends how Liam well if we, if we find Liam well, we, we, we still don't know what's happened to him you know? yeah. so for those of you join, joining us now and if you do know where he is then please uh, get in touch because we're all a little bit worried about him he went to um, the scene in Gillingham of where you know this Russian nerve agent was found and we haven't seen him since so you know quite worrying times for us in the Somerset Live office here um, but no, Sammy Herpia, former player for Finland, and we're going to stick with an international theme now yes. because we need to talk about international call-ups, Mike, because yes. the news came through on Tuesday that Yeovil have had a game, their game against Accrington Stanley later this month postponed because they've had five players called up for international duty. Yes. Now, it's unconfirmed who these players are, but we can take an educated guess at who some of them may be. Bevis Mugabe, we know, is in the Uganda squad. Yeah. And we believe that Rhys Brown may well have been called up to the Antigua squad. Um, Corey Whelan and Sean Donnellan are both Republic of Ireland under-21 yeah. internationals. And the fifth one... And Yeah, and this is an interesting one because the Wales under-21 squad was announced earlier on and I didn't actually see his name on the list. So he Might may well be on standby yeah. there. There's not official confirmation of that one yet. Um, but... I mean, certainly, um, you know, if you're talking about um, if you're talking about with five players, I think it's a it's a good sign that Yeovil have players on permanent contracts as well as on loan who are being recognised and being called up to their national teams. Yes, it's a very yeah. I mean, I wouldn't suggest that um, Yeovil Town have well, I wouldn't imagine that Yeovil Town would have an international footballers, but uh, obviously the likes of uh, Bernard who are and Rhys yeah. Brown. Obviously, four, four of the five, four of those five players are contracted to Yeovil Town. It's only yes. Corey Whelan who's on loan from Liverpool and presumably yes. in the Ireland under twenty one squad that um, that isn't a Yeovil Town mm. player. So I think I think it's fantastic. I think the you know, that. You know, there are players who are, you know, very talented young players who no doubt will go on to yeah. have big futures in the game. Normally, when we're talking about Yeovil players being called up, it's players who are in on loan and who have been called up to their to their countries. But really, mm. on this occasion, you know, Yeovil, you know, are showing that they've got some really good, talented young players in their squads. Well, yes, um, it just shows the, the, the quality in the squad, really. And obviously, you know, it's great to see that they're uh, getting putting the other time on the map and obviously, you know, getting caught up to the Uganda. So where's Bruce Brown going to? Where's Antigua. Antigua, yes. yes. And obviously uh, having uh, two players in the uh, under-21s uh, Ireland squad is very interesting as well. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I mean, it, it's obviously great for the other town, great for the players as well. It gives them the international um, experience as well. Yeah. And uh, 
I think it can only really benefit the club, really. Yeah, and I think you know, for any young player to have an opportunity to go yeah. and join up with their countries, it's a, it's a great it's a great thing for them, and hopefully, you know, it's a, it will act as a really good confidence boost to them and mm. really help them come on leaps and bounds. And when yeah. they do return to Yeovil after the international break, you know, it gives them some full of confidence yeah. and it really helps them on the pitch for their clubs as well. Mm. Um, and of course, sticking on that international theme, I mean, it's not just current Glovers who have uh, made the headlines um, today, yeah. it's um, it's former Glovers as well, because it's a great news if you're a fan of Connor Roberts, who, along with Ryan Hedges and Tom Lawrence and Wayne Hennessy, all former Yeovil Town loan players, are all in the Wales squad. And I want particularly to talk about Connor Roberts, because it's his first time he's ever been in the senior squad. Mm. And um, for those of you who were watching the Oval two seasons ago when he came in as a youngster from Swansea City, you know, established himself imme- almost immediately in that right-back role and became, went on to become the Oval's Player of the Year, really. Mm. I mean, he, won- he almost cleaned up at the Player of the Year awards that year. So I think you know, it would be hard-pressed to find a Yeovil fan who you know wouldn't be happy for Conor Roberts and who doesn't think that he fully deserves it because yeah. he does. And hopefully it's the first of many times that we see his name in a Wales squad, and um, yeah. I think it's great, don't you? That you know that these these players have come oh, yeah. to Yeovil as youngsters, you know, without any professional experience, yeah. and that it is the Glovers who have helped them. Oh yeah, yeah. I go th- on the way to achieving of that international recognition. Of course, and obviously, even as a fan, you can obviously say, like, "Oh, I was there when I watched uh, a young uh, Connor Roberts uh, tear up Hewish Park and uh, do give." Yeah. Uh, Give uh, players the old one too as well. It's been yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting. I think it's it's really good. Obviously, again, puts the other town um, in for praise as well. Obviously, the coaching and obviously their guidance as well. And it just shows obviously how good it is to maybe come to a club like Yale Town, a club that I wouldn't say you know is up there in terms of um, in terms of quality, but they're still at the very least giving these young talented um, players experience to go on and uh, better their careers and. Uh, Use it again. Use the clubs the launchpad. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, you, it's not just it's not just those mm. four, and it's not just for five players that have uh, been called up mm. this time by their countries. I mean, Yeovil in previous years they've they've produced a number of players. I mean, notably Shane Duffy, who they had on loan in their year in the championship, now established centre back for Ireland and for Brighton and the Premier League and of course yeah. you know the likes of Andros Townsend, Stephen Corker, Ryan Mason who all went on to play for England after their loan spells yeah. there. They Yeovil really are a club that over the years that have gone by they've been fantastic at giving young players yeah. an opportunity on loan to prove themselves and really further their careers and it's something which you know Yeovil really deserve that reputation they've got hopefully yeah. in years to come You'll see the likes of, um, of Liam Walsh, who is particularly impressive. You know, here mm. he went to Bristol City in January. He can progress in the same way as well. And, um, you know, I, I'd love to see that from him. I think it would be fan- it would be fantastic for him to do that. And um, I know that Yeovil don't want to be as reliant as um, as they previously have been on the loan mm. system. But, you know, there will always be that loan system there. And, um, you know, if you can utilise that, mm. along with having some really good players oh, under contract so. as well, it can only benefit you as a club, so oh, yeah. I think I think it's great. Um, now, of course, we are two days away from the overall next big game in the league, and this yeah. week um, we're off to Colchester. And um, for those of you who've seen the weather forecast, I would suggest you wrap up warm because it's going to be freezing. No, and that's going to put it kindly. Well. Yes. Now, last check that I did, it's going to be one degree. 
throughout the game. That's the highest he's going to get. But with a wind chill, it's going to take it down to a very balmy minus six. So, hmm. Mike, bet you're glad you're not going, aren't you? Um, I'm trying to think what I'm doing this weekend. Oh, yes, I'm having a, well, I'm, 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 I'm having a nice weekend in Dorset. But, uh, yes, I'll be very, I'm very glad I'm not going to the game as much as I am a Glover's fan. Um, but... Uh, no, I hope I wish you the best in that. In the, yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be at least a four layer job, hats, gloves, scarf, a lot. I think we're all going to have to uh, have to brave oh, the yeah. elements. But of course, for those of you who do come, I know plenty of you will be going up there. It's um, it'd be great to see you all up there. And um, of course, the effort that the Oval fans make generally week in week out yeah. to go to some of these places is superb. You know, it never you know fails to um, to to amaze me just for lengths that some fans do go to to go to all of these games. So um, no, I think. Um, you know, as cold as it will be, I'm sure it'll be a good atmosphere, and hopefully the team on the day will um, will produce for good. Now, um, I'm just going to quickly talk to you about team news because um, yeah. there are a couple of players who missed out on Tuesday through injury. Mm-hmm. They are Oscar Goburn and Connor Smith. Both yeah. have knocks. Both back in training. Both potential. You know, yeah. could could be involved on Saturday. Darren Way always very hesitant to confirm 100% whether somebody will be involved or not. He always likes to keep his cards quite close to his chest as yeah. far as he team news and selections. Yeah. yeah, are concerned, but certainly those are two players who you'd be looking at possibly coming back in on um, on Saturday. And um, of course, one man who has returned to training, although he's still a few weeks away from coming back, is James Bailey, captain. Of course, sustained in the injury at Cheltenham on Boxing Day. On the road back to um, back to recovery. Do you think he'll there. be back before the end of the season? I think he'll be back involved before the end of the season. Yeah. Yes, I, I I would imagine you probably he's probably still you know three weeks away or so. I would say from being back to full fitness and being back to the team. But I think he'll certainly be mm-hmm. in and around the team before the end of the campaign. And um, you know it could be it's. I'm not sure he'll get back in the team because the likes of Lewis mm. Wing and Jared Bird and Oscar Goburn have played well when yeah. they've been involved, but certainly it gives Yeovil another option. Yeah. And of course, his experience, which could be important in that yeah. end of season run-in as well. Um, now, going on to team news, and of course, those of you who were at Exeter on Tuesday will know that when Rhys Brown came on, he was very impressive. You know, he really yeah. made a good impact, came in very, very lively. And of course, one man who, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of fans, you know, have had a lot of praise from this season. Yeah. He's arguably been Yeovil's player of the season so far. Of course, he's Otis Card who since he served that five-match ban for the sending off that he had against Chesterfield, which I'm not going to go back into now, I think that's been covered oh, yeah, enough, yeah. but um, since he came back from that ban, he's um, he's not really been the player that he was in the first half of the season. You know, he's Would you say it. he's had his head turned? I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think... I, I, I never like well, to accuse... Surprise, a, yeah, and I, I never like to accuse a player of that because I think, yeah. you know, it, it's... I think it's quite unfair to the player mm. because, you know, the interest around Otis Khan was there from yeah. earlier in the season. I remember I was hearing back in October that yeah. there was likely to be interest in him in January, you know. So it, it's very unfair, I think, to say that he's had his head turned oh, and that he's stopped playing now. I think, you know, if anything, the fact that he knows there's interest around and he knows there's some potential for him to move in the summer, if he finishes the season well, that should be the perfect motivation mm. for you to finish the season well but just to go back to what I was saying you know he has looked he's looked a little bit off the pace since then he's not yeah. really impacted games in the way that he was and it, it's a it's a big selection um headache for for Darren Way and he admitted as much earlier on today when I spoke to him at the pre-match press conference um, that he has got a decision to make because Rhys Brown you know has started games has been strong from the start of games this year and it'd be interesting yeah. to see yeah. you've got probably got three or four 
wide men who he can pick from. I think it will be Brown, Khan and Green who will be the three that he really looks at. And of course, there's always that potential to, to put one of the um, strikers out wide as well. Oh, yeah. So it could be interesting to say, but I did speak to Darrell Way about this um, earlier on um, at the press conference and this is what he had to say. To be fair, Otis has come up and, and he's asked me the, the same things. He's not stupid. He's old enough now and is wise enough. So one thing I do is I support my players. Any player can go through bad form. I don't care, top best players in the world, whether you're messy or not. You can have a, a bad spell. What I've got to do as a manager, I've got to try and make sure I encourage that player and get him back to his best. Because Otis Karen's played a massive contribution since I've been manager to not only create goals, but to score goals. We've had a large bid for Otis Cannes, so he must have been doing something right that's that close to coming back. Otis will be fine, but yes, I agree with what you're saying. I have got a, a selection headache going into the game on Saturday. Okay, so that's Darren Way's views on there, and he's, he's yeah. submitted for, um, he has a selection headache. So, um, Mike, what would you do if you were in his shoes? Well, uh, I'll, I'll give uh, Rhys Brown a good go, really. I'll give him a, a start just to see how it goes, really. I mean, has he been... I mean, I understand he's been playing mainly as a, a super sub, really, hasn't he? He has in recent weeks. He, yeah. The first half of the season, he he really did establish himself on the right-hand side. I mean, there was a time when when they were, when they he was starting pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, since he was injured in November, he had a couple of months out. And Jordan Green's really the one who's been preferred out on the right-hand side. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how Darren Way handles this because Otis Khan hasn't been as good as he yeah. had been. Jordan Green started really well and I thought he actually played quite well on Tuesday night, to be fair to him. But he's also shown signs that, you know, he's got a lot of pace, but he mm. showed signs that he might, you know, have begun to be found out a little bit and he just faded a little bit from the performances that he had yeah. earlier on in the year. I mean, the performances he put against Bradford in the FA Cup was sensational, oh, yeah. for example. And I don't think we've quite seen that from um, from him, but um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think you know all three have valid cases to start, but I, I would go with Brown actually. I think he's yeah. you know he's shown enough in his substitute appearances to yeah. for, for me to be convinced that he probably deserves a start. Um, and um, I don't think it would do Otis Khan any harm mm. just to have a game sort of out of the limelight. I think we all know what a talent he is. We all know that you know he when he's on form. Bench, yeah. yeah, we all know when he's on form that he's a you know he's a really you know top quality player, and I don't think anyone's denying that. But it's just not working for him at the moment, and I don't think yeah. it would do him much harm just to have a game or two where he does come off, and um, hopefully that will help him um, reproduce his form. Now, of course, Colchester, it's going to be another tough away game. Colchester, of course, in League One. Sorry, League One. I'm, 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 I've gone back to 2015 now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, 20, league Two. They are 13th, 13th in the league, Colchester are. They are seven points outside the playoffs. They still have that outside shot of reaching the top seven, but you sense that really for them, this is a game they really need to win if they're going to get in the playoffs mm. at the end of the season. But having said that, they're without a win in three matches. So um, two mm. losses and a draw in the last three games. And given the way Yeovil played at Exeter, I think it's it's not it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be a clear cut game this one. No, of course not. And uh, I think that uh, Yorkton has to <coughs> do well to uh, get a point here today. Um, I don't, I, they just can't be returning. I think they just need to uh, complete their performance against Exeter. And um, and just be a bit more clinical up front. That's the keys to uh, getting some of this Colchester game, and hopefully, fingers crossed, they can do so. 
Yeah, of course. It's a, it is, you know, it's, it's, something, it's probably worth mentioning. Yeah, of course, I've only scored one goal in my last five games, so it is yeah. an area of um, of some concern. I wouldn't say you know it's a crisis or anything like that, but I think they they do need to work on that, and maybe that change, which I said, you know, possibly Riz Brown coming in and starting, mm. that could be something that really has a positive impact for Yeovil on Saturday. I personally think if they approach the game the same way we did at Exeter oh, yeah. and just show a little bit more, um, sort of a little bit more of a positive threat going forward, they got every chance of getting a result. Whether they'll win the game or not, I'm not sure because you know their away record generally hasn't been the best. But certainly, I you know if they can get a point, I think they'll, mm. they'll have done well, and it edges them just that little bit closer to safety if they can do that as well. So, Mike, prediction time. What are you going for? One one. I was hoping you were going to give a longer answer about because I needed a cough, but hey, forget about that. I'll, I'll, um, I'm a, I'm a, no, actually, I've got um, <coughs> one one. There you go. Is that enough? Is that the one? That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. My prediction I'm going to go for a tool. I think oh, a draw, but so, <coughs> so hopefully, well. Yeovil will get a couple of, uh, couple of goals as well. I know, uh, hopefully, they will prove us wrong and actually do win. Yeah, well, who knows? Prove us who wrong, knows? Baron, prove us wrong. Who knows? Stranger things have happened, of course. Okay, so I think that's pretty much uh, wraps it up for this week. Um, so thanks to you, Mike, as always. And um, of course, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, you can subscribe to us. We are on Audio Boom. We're on iTunes. If you just go to either of those two and put in Glover's Talk, you'll find us there. And of course, we'll be bringing you all the coverage from the game on Saturday at Colchester and any big Yeovil Town stories that do break over the coming days coming weeks until the end of the season if there's a big Yeovil Town story we'll have it covered for you so if you go to www.somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport you can find all our coverage of Yeovil Town Football Club there as well so thanks to all for listening this week hopefully you know it'll be a good game for you on Saturday and we will catch up with you again soon so goodbye for now bye Data met een 0 minuten bel- en sms-bundel voor maar 9 euro per maand. Omdat het kan. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.